0: Walk This Way podcast with Pastor Randy Johnson. Thanks for joining me today on this Thursday before Christmas. Can you believe it is literally just a few days away? Christmas is going to be here before we know it. Christmas Eve traditions, Christmas Day traditions, people being off of work, hopefully being with family and friends and going to worship services this weekend and even Christmas Eve candlelight type services I hope that you are looking forward to celebrating the birth of Jesus. And as a believer in Jesus Christ for most of my life, there really is such a special time of the year as Christmas and just realizing the hope of Christ that's come into the world. And so I appreciate the opportunity to come to you and share some of that hope and some of that joy that I have in knowing the Lord, and I hope that even in this Christmas season, with all of the busyness, the presents, the wrapping and unwrapping, and all of the traditions and get togethers, that you can focus on having real joy in knowing that God provided salvation to the world, the light of his son coming into the world, and that is why we celebrate Christmas. Well, on this edition of Walk This Way, as I am always thankful that you find this podcast either on Google, Spotify, iTunes, or going to the website that hosts this podcast, which is anchor.fm backslash walk this way. And I hope that you are subscribing. That way you're getting notifications that it has uploaded something new and exciting for you that I hope will speak to your heart. Today, I don't necessarily want to do anything Christmas nativity story related but I do want to speak to you today about something related to what Jesus brought into the world. And it and it sort of comes from a news story that I read of a writer who was touted by CNN as journalist of the year. And this particular writer his Uh, writing has mainly been done through a German magazine, revealed yesterday that one of its top-winning journalists fabricated many of his articles. He created characters and sources and their quotes, and it says, in quotes, on a grand scale, in quote, for many years. Uh, His name, which I probably will mispronounce, is Klaus Relotius, Um, that's probably not the way that his name is pronounced, but, uh, that's the best I can do. Uh, he has written about 60 stories in total for this German magazine. And at least 14 of those stories, um, have been under investigation. And, uh, the magazine, by the way, that I cannot pronounce, uh, has been around for 70 years. And so he was... It was brought to light that, again, many of his stories uh, had quite a bit of fabrication in them. Uh, Just for example, uh, one of the fabricated articles that said included a phone interview with the parents of free agent NFL player Colin Kaepernick and a story about an American woman who claims to have volunteered to witness the execution of death row inmates. So those two stories Uh, one about interviewing the parents, which he never did, and the woman who volunteered uh, to witness execution. uh, That was a made-up story as well. Uh, He also drew the wrath of people that live in Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Uh, Apparently, he says that he spent three weeks in that town and fabricated facts and characters and quotes from people uh, just to portray the town in a negative light. Um, What is his motivation for doing this? Who knows? I'm sure he will be interviewed in the days and weeks to come, and I'm sure that he will have explanation for why he did it. Uh, His only quote that I have seen so far, as the CNN Journalist of the Year, uh, Klaus has said, I am sick and I need to get help. Uh, So certainly uh, CNN and others around the world Associated Press reporting on this, uh, of course, feel the same way. But when you think about a journalist and, you know, the the term fake news has been thrown around quite a bit lately and just trying to get to the bottom of things, trying to understand what is the real story? What is the truth? How much of what we're hearing in news media and, and on social media, how much of it is actually true and how much of it has been fabricated? And sometimes it's hard because you take what journalists might say or reporters might say, and you think, okay, they are reporting something that is happening in the world to me for my information. And yet now with stories like that and some others that have come out uh, in recent years of just things that have been misleading, things that have either been made up, uh, things that are just completely fabricated or truth that has been stretched some You think, well, where is the line between true journalism and just giving the facts as opposed to telling me a story that is interesting that will sell copies of newspapers, magazines, and push people to websites? Well, as I mentioned a minute ago, the celebration of the birth of Jesus is literally just around the corner. And you might be listening as you're listening to this podcast thinking, well, what does a A journalist who has been fabricating stories and the birth of Jesus have to do with each other. Well, they're two of the beginning chapters of two different gospels in telling us about the coming of Jesus and the impact that Jesus had in the world. One of them and one of my favorite first chapters in any gospel is John chapter one. And John, as you may know from the Bible, was called the beloved disciple. And John doesn't give us a narrative of the birth of Jesus. Instead, he goes back to really the beginning of time. And the first words of his gospel says, in the beginning was the word. And and by the way, when he uses the, the word, word, he is speaking of Jesus. And he said, in the beginning was the word. So Jesus, the son of God was there in the beginning. And then he says, and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse two says he was in the beginning with God. So John makes it crystal clear that the second person in the Trinity, the son of God has always existed. And so through describing that, you get down to verse 14, when the Bible says in John chapter one, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, And then he says, full of grace and truth. That one verse says so much about who the word is, was, and forever will be. But then there's two words in there that John uses later, just a few verses down. And in verse 17, he says this. This is one of my favorite verses in the the whole gospel of John. He says in John chapter one, verse 17, for the law was given through Moses. And then he says, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Verse 14 and verse 17 are teaching us something about the person of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says very clearly, as John indicates, that he came to us full of grace and truth. Do you know that Jesus is the only person to have ever walked on the planet who is full of absolute grace and looks at a sinner through the eyes of love, and grace, and mercy, and forgiveness. And yet, he is also the only person to equally be full of truth. And that is to call sin what it is, to say things as they are, and to give people the truth of God's word. And so the birth of Jesus brought to us God in the flesh, And the second person of the Trinity who came to us full of grace and pardon and forgiveness and mercy, but also full of truth. You know, that's really what we hope for when we read a news report. We want to know the truth. But when you read a news story and now you hear that people have fabricated or given you fake news or are stretching the truth to make it more interesting to read, then all of a sudden you realize that at the core, none of us apart from Jesus know the truth. None of us connected, unless we are connected to Jesus, can have that connection to the truth. And we all tend to twist and fabricate and, and stretch as long as it helps us and it benefits us. And Jesus is the only person to come to us full of grace and truth. In Luke chapter 4, the Bible says that Jesus began his ministry. And he came to, in Nazareth, his own hometown, he came to a synagogue. and he opened up the prophet Isaiah And he read these words in Luke chapter four, it's quoted, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so Jesus is saying that he is that prophet. And people wanted to hear that he could do more than what he was saying, you know, that if he's really the one that has come to do all of these things and to recover sight and preach the truth and all of that, well, then let's see it. Let, let's hear what you have to say. Let's see this in action. And Jesus, in answering in Luke chapter four, some of the naysayers and some of the questioners, he says, but you know, in the days of Elisha, there were many widows in Israel, he says, because all of the heavens had been shut up for three years and six months and great famine came over the land. And he says, Jesus says in Luke 4, verse 26, Elisha was sent to none of them except to Zarephath in the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. Then he says, there were many lepers in Israel at the time of the prophet Elijah, but none of them were cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. And of course, when he says all of these things, people got upset and they wanted to kill him. Now, his ministry just started, but the point Jesus is making is when the truth comes to you, when the healing is there, when the supply of God's resources is there, when salvation comes and when the truth is presented, he says, using these two examples, there were only two lives that were touched. In these two examples of all of the sin and all of the helplessness and all of the famine that was in the land and all of the lepers who were there, he says in each of these cases, each of those prophets literally helped one family, one person, one life. And they were there preaching the message. They were there sharing the truth. But yet a small fraction of people were changed. You know, at the core, we say we want the truth. At our core, we say when we read a news story, we want to know just the facts. But my question is, do you really want just the truth? Because the truth is, none of us are good enough for God. None of us have lived our lives in such a way that God smiles down from heaven and says, you're awesome. The truth of the matter is, Jesus has come to us full of grace and truth. The truth is that we are wretched, miserable sinners that vilely, and, and violently offend a perfectly holy God who has created us to be in a relationship with him. Yet because of the lies we tell, because of the, the manner in which we live, because of the thoughts that go through our mind, and because of the actions that we carry out, by our very nature, we are separated from God because of that sin. But that's why Jesus came also full of grace. He came to pardon us and to forgive us of our sins. And the Bible says the only way that that is possible is for us to repent of our sin, to come to that moment when we realize that we are the problem. The problem is not Jesus. The problem is not God. The problem is not society. The problem, very simply, with me is me. And Jesus coming to me full of grace and truth says that he is willing to forgive me of all of my sin, but I've got to see myself as a sinner. Friends, that's the harsh reality that so many do not want to deal with. And when we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, we celebrate God coming in the flesh full of grace and truth to tell us what we don't want to hear, but what we absolutely cannot live without. And so writers like this one with CNN and this German magazine, people are going to continue to lie. That's not a new story. The best story is there has come one from heaven to save us from ourselves and to rescue us as liars, to rescue us as sinners, to rescue us in whatever has trapped us, to set us free from that sin. And that is found in the person of Jesus Christ.